And then obviously you want to be smart with how you spend the money because dilutions are real thing. So when you guys raised the 1.3, I mean, was that at like a four or 5 million valuation, something like that? It was a 7 million valuation cap on a safe note. And that is, yeah, post money. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to getlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at getlatka.com. Hey folks, my guest today is Ryan Salerno. He's a CTO and one of the three co-founders of Chimney. Before Chimney, he was a self-employed developer building a variety of projects, scheming to turn one of them into a viable recurring revenue earning business. He also taught coding classes at General Assembly and before that worked at NewsCred, where he met his wife and co-founders. All right, Ryan, you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right. So what is Chimney? What are people paying you for? Um, so we launched, so we have two products. The first product we launched with are financial calculators. Uh, that are embedded on bank websites. So when people have questions like, how much home can I afford? Should I rent or should I buy? Uh, what are my retirement savings going to be? We have calculators that go on bank websites that help answer those questions. Hmm. Um, so that was the first product that we launched with. And now um, after working with maybe 60 different financial institutions, then looking at the data, the data was screaming at us, mortgage, 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 mortgage. And so now we're building a new tool for uh, homeowners, existing homeowners, so they can track things like um, how much home equity do I have? Can I click one button to tap into that home equity? Um, do I have expensive credit card debt that I can eliminate with home equity? Things like that. Mm-hmm. And so how do you make that sticky? I mean, most people thinking about like their credit card bills or home equity, they do it like once and then they, they don't come back, right? Or how do you make them engaged? Yeah, good question. Um, and that's a that's a big question that we're trying to answer ourselves. And the strategy is nothing new or secret. It's it's notifications and emails, and um, ideally having the app embedded within another app that they do use, like on a at some frequency at a monthly basis or something. Mm-hmm. So is that your main use case? Is you're selling the ability to embed this calculator to insurance companies? Yeah. So this this is a new product that is not in market yet. And the idea here is to partner with um, a big bank that ha- already has millions of users and they also serve up um, like HELOCs or other types of loans. And then we'll be the tech in the middle that engages the users um, and encourages them to, to open up some of these products through the bank. Mm-hmm. Now you have pricing plans ranging from forty-four to ent- dollars a month to enterprise. What's the average customer pay per month? Uh, per year, it's like seven thousand per year for the calculators. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. And what are you upselling against? Is it like number of hits the calculator gets per month or something? No, pricing is really simple. So it's just um, number of calculators. Uh, so the average price is ninety-nine dollars per month per calculator. Ninety-nine per month per calculator. Okay. Interesting. Very cool. And then I guess put this on a timeline for me. When did you guys launch? Uh, so we launched the calculator product in 2020. What about the whole business though? Or was that the business that was launched? <laughs> that was, yeah, that was the launch. So before that it was nights and weekends and we didn't have any customers yet. Um, and so it was a long time. It was actually, we did 
we kind of, in my opinion, went about it the right way. So before we ever made a serious investment in terms of time or money, um, we made sure that this was like a viable thing to do. So like we went out and we asked for, we told people like, Hey, you have existing calculators, but they don't look great. If we give you calculators that look better, uh, would you pay us for it? And the answer ended up being yes for like two or three different banks. And so then um, we went and built it and sold custom calculators to those banks. And now we have money coming in and now we can sort of justify building out the rest of that library and building in all the other features that, would make it an actual SaaS business. Interesting. And so how many customers like those first three banks are you now serving today? 60 plus. 60. Okay. Wow. And and so you're obviously C2 engineer. You had two other co-founders. Did you guys say, you know what, we're just going to do 30, 30, 30 at the start to split it evenly, or was it different? <laughs> it was different because I don't like that. I don't think <laughs> if there's two people, it shouldn't be 50, 50. What if you disagree? Um, so we're 40, 30, 30, uh, the CEO, Matt Covey, it was his idea. Um, so he has 40% and then, uh, Chase and I reached 30. I'm so I've never, again, I've recorded almost through those interviews. I've never had a founder just admit that, but it's so true. Anytime I see someone split 50, 50, I go, you probably don't have great communication with your oh, co-founder. Yeah. It means you, you avoided the conversation basically is what happened. They avoided, they avoided the conversation. What if, what if, uh, they, they both like truly believe something and now they're kind of screwed. Like, how do you make that decision? Yep. That's right. So you guys are 40, 30, 30, which is, I think that's great. Um, now have you guys bootstrapped or did you raise capital? Yeah. So, um, I was pretty adamant about like bootstrap, bootstrap, bootstrap for a long time. And so we made it to like about 300 K in revenues, um, by being fully bootstrapped. Um, and that was, and then, so in 2020, when we were locked down, um, we were able to do it because we were, we were working from home. So I literally don't tell anyone I had two computers working on one thing and the other thing. And that was, and that was sort of what enabled us to, be able to boot, be bootstrapped for longer. Um, and then in December of, of last year in 21, uh, we took a small seed round. Okay. And how much was that for? That was for 1.3 million. And, and so what did you use that money on or why'd you need it? Hire a, a team in-house because we were using, um, so we had the three co-founders and we had all of these different agencies. We had a marketing agency and we had a development agency and a sales company that was doing outbound reach. And so the first hires went for like a few key internal people, a couple of developers, a designer, um, and somebody to help with like admin stuff. What's the URL of the developer agency that you used? Uh, it is brights.io. Brights? They, Brights. Yeah. So they were located in Kiev, Ukraine. Um, and so they've been unavailable. Um, everyone is safe and we've been in touch with them, um, but not able to work. Yeah. I, I see it. I'm on their site now. Um, the, the, you know, I guess two things here. One, obviously we're really glad they're safe. Uh, but this is also like for early founders, this is totally what I recommend is an outsource dev shop and outsource sales, like you no know, fixed expenses until you have some traction. So these guys did a good job for you. It sounds like. It did. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that I would recommend is because uh, I've heard a lot of people having like bad experiences with outsourced dev shop because what they get back is like slightly off from what they wanted. And so 
like the joke is that you have to be able to build it yourself in order to have an outdoor out, outsourced dev shop. So I'm giving them literally like the database schema and the relationships and the models and like, okay, here's how we should structure this. Here's the architecture. And then they go and fill it all in. And it worked really, really well for a long yeah, time. And if you, if you work with sort of a reputable development shop, like the one you worked with, and you get back in bad product, it's usually because you gave terrible specs. Uh, it's very yeah. rarely the developers, you know, it's very rarely the shop's fault in my opinion. Yeah. So what'd you pay those guys to sort of get you from nothing to an MVP stage? Nothing. I actually remember this because this was the first money that we spent. Um, from nothing to MVP was sixteen thousand okay. dollars, and this was a platform for people to log in, create the calculator, issue it to themselves, and then embed it to their website. Okay, that's great. Right. No, yeah, no, no Stripe integration, no nothing. This was like the the it actually working, but like really minimal, but it was viable. Remote teams are all the rage right now. In fact, many companies want to stay this way, even post-pandemic. And the reasoning's obvious. Hiring talent from anywhere in the world means you can bring on better talent. But the challenges are very real. How do you manage employees in other countries legally and easily? What about international payroll, employee benefits? What are taxes like in countries that are far away from where you're based? You need to understand all of this, including local paperwork and local compliance for all your remote employees. Now, two of the most successful remote companies, both GitLab and Zapier, have reached multi-billion dollar valuations, and they use a special tool, a secret portal, I like to call it, at remote.com. Remote's platform is easy to use for full-time employees, contractors, and your HR team. They help you scale your international team, your remote team, at a price you can afford. Now look, when I sign up sponsors, you guys know I like to get a great deal for our listeners. Otherwise, we won't run the sponsorship. Well, Remote has delivered. Sign up today and receive a 50% discount off your first employee for the first three months. Check out nathanlacka.com forward slash remote and enter promo code LATKA to get started. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash remote and promo code L-A-T-K-A. Check it out today before you miss out. Okay, so that's the dev agency. Who was the sales company you used for your first outbound campaigns? Uh, they're called Memory Blue. Memory Blue. Were they good? Uh, yeah, and I was less involved with them in the day-to-day, um, but they were good because what they did was we had one, there's three of us, and now all of a sudden we have a pipeline and we have um, people that are like doing outbound reach all the time and meetings like flowing to us. Um, and so that worked that worked well for a while as, as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm seeing they have over 300 outsourced like SDRs on their team. This is also what I recommend. This way you don't have to teach an SDR yourself. You don't have to pay for their Salesforce instance. Like these firms take so much fixed expenses off a of startup sheet. Now, then you raise capital, you want to bring it all in-house, which makes sense. So what's yeah. full-time team today? Uh, today, we have uh, three developers. We have designer, we have... Um, like an admin person that helps with billing and like website maintenance and all sorts of stuff. Um, the, uh, we have one seller and, and that's it. And then the three co-founders. So then one, one position that is excluded from that is product. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not hire for, we were considering it, but ultimately decided the small team of like eight or nine people who can't yet have a product manager, like our CEO needs to be the product manager for yeah. now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So nine folks, three engineers, one sales rep, CEO is doing product engineering. And then obviously you want to be smart with how you spend the money because dilution is a real thing. So when you guys raised the 1.3, I mean, was that at like a four or 5 million valuation, something like that? It was a 7 million valuation cap on a safe note. And that is, yeah, post money. Yeah, that's great. I mean, so that's super effective. And just to be clear, 60 customers at $7,000 ACVs, you guys are doing about $35,000 a month right now on revenue. Sounds right. Yeah, something like that. Okay. And what is that up from from a year ago? Um, it's up from so it's not uh, it's not up as much as you would think because we have we have had this calculator business and instead of doubling down on the calculator business and like selling more calculators, we've decided that we're going to launch the second product that sort of like augments the calculator business. And so for that reason, and we haven't seen like triple sales growth. Yeah. Um, I mean, you said earlier you did about 300K when you raised. So you're doing like 28,000 bucks a month in rev, 25,000 bucks a month in revenue about a year ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we've had, yeah, it's been a little bit chunkier than, than we might like. Um, but we just finished the uh, ICBA Think Tech Accelerator, which is like the independent bank and credit union um, like organization. And so that was great because it's less of an accelerator and more of a rapid fire way to have four meetings per day with banks and credit unions every day for, for three months. Yeah. And so now our pipeline is, is juicy. From what that. was the name of that? What was the name of that accelerator? Uh, I, ICBA Think Tech. Think Tech. Did, they, did they take equity? Um, yeah, they participated in the safe note as well. They, I think they put in $75,000. Interesting. Do they require that if you're going to go through their program? They do. Yeah, they require the investment because we were like, you don't have to. Invest. Like, good. Like, we we raised. The we don't need the money. Already. They were like, uh, we need to. And we're like, okay. Yeah. Very we'll cool. This is a heck of a story. I'm rooting for you guys. I'm curious to see what you yeah. release next. But in the meantime, Ryan, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Favorite business book. Um, I would say Four Steps to Epiphany um, by Steve Blank. Great one. Number. Yeah. yeah. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? That's a good question. Um, let's see, like today, present day. No, there isn't. I, I don't think there's like one person. I've always liked the bootstrap people. So um, Barometrics, I'm actually forgetting his name. Um, when he sold have, J- J- Pigford, uh, he's exited now. Yeah, but yeah, Josh we love Pigford, obviously yeah. bootstrap. Yeah. Yeah. So those stories were always kind of my favorite. Um, so Josh Pigford is one, but no, I don't, I don't think there, that's probably something that I should do. No, no, no. sometimes there's not one. That's totally fine. Um, number three, what's your favorite online tool for building chimney? Uh, for building chimney, for like writing the code. Yeah. Or however you define building. Gotcha. Um, let's see online tool. Figma. Yeah. Figma has been instrumental. Yeah. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? <laughs> uh, the honest joke is uh, like, guys, I need my nine hours tonight, but uh, no, that's not true. Probably seven. Seven. Okay. And what's but your situation? I am one of those unlucky people that kind of requires <laughs> a little extra sleep. You know? Yeah. What's your situation? Married, single kids? Uh, married, no kids. Yeah. Married in Perfect. October. So like six months now. Oh, congrats. That's great. And how old are you? Yeah, thanks. Uh, 30 uh, on Saturday, I'll be 34. 
Oh, congrats. 16 years till 50. Yeah. Happy <laughs> early birthday or 14 years past 20, you know? Or 14, yeah, whichever way. <laughs> Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Oh, man. Um, let's see. That everything will t- turn upside down and nothing will stay the same. No, I'm just kidding. Um, something that I knew when I was 20. Or that you wish you knew when you were 20. That I wish I knew when I was 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, is probably the fact that like there, so I used to think, and probably a lot of people maybe still think this is that um, like people in power, maybe they did something different or they're special or they know something that you don't know. And like, turns out that's not true. And everyone's trying to figure it out as well. I didn't know that yet. Okay. So, uh, you know, you know, fingers up to power a little bit is, is the takeaway there from Ryan, but listen, he's building chimney, he's building chimney.io, which enables companies like banks to embed calculators in their web experience to get more customers. Right. So they're now doing about 34,000 bucks a month in revenue up from $25,000 a month, about a year ago, they raised a $1.3 million seat at a 7 million cap before that very scrappy. They use dev agencies, sales agencies to get their first five, 10 customers now serving 60 customers, three co-founders, nine total on the team today about to release a brand new product, which we're excited about. Ryan, we're rooting for you. Thanks for taking us to this op. Thanks a lot, Nathan. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting.